Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The Sports Buffet, weekday afternoons from 4 to 7. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. AM 13 on the zone. Ticket 760. The day of the inauguration, obviously the big story. I am zoned Mike filling in. Rod Babers we're expecting here momentarily. Um, big day up here in Austin. A lot of protests. A lot of protests everywhere. A lot of bad feelings everywhere. A lot of good feelings everywhere. Doesn't matter how you felt about the election, whether you liked it or hated it. We are going to offer you an escape right here on the Sports Buffet. We've got a lot to talk about today. We are going to obviously talk about the AFC NFC championships taking place tomorrow. That's right. It's a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Football Friday. And that is a good thing. Crystal, expecting you to join us as well here. Uh, you can always hit us up at Sports Buffet One, the number one on Twitter, 877 366 5483 gets you into. The Sports Buffet as well. I am Zoned Mike on Twitter. You can stalk all of us here. You can stalk Craig Way, Craig Way 1, the number one on Twitter, at Rod Babers for Rod Babers. Chris Duell in the as well, at Chris Duell. And BTG760, that's uh, Sam behind the glass over there. So, a lot to talk to you again. 877-366-5483 gets you into the Bud Light Studio. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. The Spurs played last night. Um... Did pretty well. In fact, there's Sam. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? Um, obviously, Hello, uh, Sam. There's Wherever hey, Sam there's is. there's Chris. What's happening, man? So the story of the day here: Rod Baber's running a little behind because of the it, protests is Rod up in Austin. Protesting is Rod one of the protesters? <laughs> is that what's going on? Uh, no confirmation on that, but uh, we will hear from Rod Baber's as well. But uh, Chris, we got to talk about the Spurs. Lots yes. to talk about. Oh uh, my God, Paul Gasol's hurt. But he went into surgery. Yes, he is. So we have some um, news here. He did go under the knife today. So uh, supposedly uh, he will be better. But how long is it going to be before we see him again? Well, you know, and uh, the nature of that injury, and we were talking about this last night, Mike, on React uh, with Sam Walters, who's now on board with us here hey, uh, down at Ticket 760. Uh, you know, Kawhi had a similar injury to this in 2014. Right. And those who have had this... It tends to be, you know, somewhere in the range of six to eight weeks, you know, three to five if you're really lucky, but six to eight typically. So we'll have to wait and see what the Spurs pronounce on how long Pau Gasol is expected to be out. Good news, too. Um, I mean, hopefully it's quicker than that. But, you know, we you know, and and Pop is the guy who's not going to sit there and rush these things here. The big story last night, though, DeJounte Murray. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that, gentlemen. Uh, his numbers freakish at best. Chris, you you definitely saw that. I mean, you were doing the you were doing the uh, you were doing your prep for the post game show. But um, Dejounte Murray was definitely a sight to see. In fact, he was trending on Twitter nationally last <laughs> night for quite some time. Was he not? 
Yeah, and here's a guy who was 19 years old until about a, you know, within the last month, he just turned 20, a rookie. We find out before tip-off uh, that Tony Parker had a sore foot in warm-ups, uh, didn't feel ready to go, so you put in your newly minted 20-year-old rookie. He scores 24 points. He's playing with the big guys like all-star game starter Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he didn't miss a beat. I, I don't have uh, the stats in front of me, but he was something like 7 of 11 from the field. Uh, he, he was very, very good last night no doubt about that and then of course uh more problems for tony parker the ankle yeah the ankle is acting up again uh we do have sound from coach pop we will hear from him uh as well uh also a couple things we're going to talk about on the show today we'll also take a look at uh ricky williams who uh may or may have not gotten in trouble with the law is it, is it is it weed related? Is is there a We're, weed aspect to this story? I, I don't know this I'm, story. I'm not too surprised if there would be. Uh, Rod will of course break that down for us a little bit later on. It's just wrong, Mike. It's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's make America great again. I, hopefully, President Trump before sunset just we'll legalizes we'll, weed. We'll, I, I hope, yeah, I don't. Hopefully, I, he's going to break into uh, national programming tonight during the inaugural balls and say, look. This is ridiculous. I'm here with Ricky Williams and Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson, and uh, we are just going to federally legalize weed once and for all. Make America great again. Spark up, everybody. I'm looking forward to that. Did you just call it the inaugural balls? I said singular. I said yeah, yeah, that's that's on you, not on me. You're hearing it that way. I said singular. But he does. I would imagine the newly minted President Trump has uh, some cojones to be proud of. 877-366-5483 gets you into the Sports Buffet. That is the Sports Buffet hotline. Again, hit us up, Sports Buffet 1, the number one, at Chris Duell. At Rod Babers, who is uh, getting comfortable in his chair here, will join us here momentarily. I'm at Zoned Mike. Uh, Sam there, the voice, the autoerotic one. Actually, we can't call him that anymore because uh, he's no longer auto, which, ah. you know, he's, he, is, he is a man of many talents at BTG 760. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be a great show. I already feel it. Again, this, uh, we're going to try to offer you some refuge today from Trump because like him or hate him, it doesn't matter. Or it doesn't matter what side of the vote. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the vote you were on. We're going to offer you an escape because all you've been hearing about today is it just Trump, and that's fine. But uh, we need now, to talk Mike, sports too. But but Mike, are the protests in Austin that bad? Uh, I will actually we'll ask Rod right here because I think he went right through. I think he was in the middle of them, or he was definitely he was definitely around them. Uh, weren't you, Rod? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't understand why. I mean, listen, I, I'm all about the. Um, the freedom of speech and your right to protest, but uh, don't get in my way. And, uh, traffic, that, 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 that's not your right to protest. Yeah, uh, apparently a lot of that was going on, but that's why it was so much traffic, so there was a ton of traffic out there. It took basically what, what would usually take you 15 minutes may take you about 45 minutes if you're in Austin. So now, beware of the, the traffic out there. People are protesting, but it is Inauguration Day, so happy Inauguration Day to everybody out there. Yes. That's important. All right, is it well, regardless to what side of the fence you're on, it's historic. It is American uh, peaceful transfer of power. That's one of the things we pride ourselves on. So happy Inauguration Day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't mean you're celebrating a certain side. You can right. celebrate you America. celebrate America. Uh, because it's a great American tradition, all right, to see We're the peaceful transfer. We're changing tides yet again. There you go. And, it, it, yeah. and it'll happen again. If you're lucky enough to see it, it'll go back and forth. That's kind of the way it goes. That's democracy. You don't and always get your thing. way. All right. Uh, we, about. <laughs> all right. We got a ton of different things to get into on yeah. the Yes. So there are uh, a, there are there are two really 
good uh, basketball games that are happening within 48 hours of one another that I think are going to be the premier games in the NBA. The Spurs are taking on the Cavs yes. this Saturday, and then the Warriors are taking on the Rockets, actually, tonight. And so it's basically the top four teams in the NBA because I believe record-wise the Cavs are leading the East and the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Rockets are one, two, three in the West. So the top four teams, and this is basically kind of like the NFL right now, the the last four teams remaining in the NFL are going to face off this weekend in the conference title game, something we will also talk about preview and we'll also give our predictions on. But you got the top four teams in the NBA facing off this weekend. Spurs at the Cavs and Warriors at the Rockets. That's huge. So we'll talk a lot about that coming up in uh, uh, like the 4 o'clock and the 5 o'clock. We'll get into that too. Mm -hmm. We'll also discuss the big story yesterday after the after the all-star balloting was released and the all-star vote was the fact that Russell Westbrook, leading scorer in the NBA, mind you, and also the man who is uh, threatening to average a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robinson did it in the early 60s, like 62, 63, he is not going to be a starter in mm. the all-star game for the Western Conference. In the backcourt, there'll be James Harden and Steph Curry. So we'll get into it because mm. I got some breakdown as to to what exactly uh, can, we'll get into the breakdown of exactly what's going on and because essentially there was a tie between all those guys, between Steph Curry, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. And what broke the tie it reminded me of a story that uh, a lot of people were bringing up about Russell Westbrook a couple of, maybe not, not a couple of years ago, last year with Mark Cuban. Remember Mark Cuban said that Russell Westbrook was not a superstar and people got on him and we talked about it on the show and there were some points he was trying to make and maybe it's not what he said, just the way he said it. But maybe this uh, lends some credence to what Mark Cuban was trying to point out about Russell Westbrook and him not having the, the superstar cachet. Pretty crazy that the guy was going to probably win MVP if he averages a triple-double and the leading scorer in the NBA averaging 30 points per game is not a starter in the Western Conference. I cannot think of a time, mm. at least in my time, where that's happened. Chris Duell, you are a historian. You're a renaissance man. When's the last time you can remember? We talk about snubs all the time and yeah. all-star voting. When's the last time you can remember the leading scorer in the NBA? And obviously we can talk about the triple-double stuff later. But the leading scorer, just, just that stat alone, yeah. not being a starter in the all-star game. I, I can't remember it. And, and the triple-double is huge because when I was a kid, I remember Oscar Robertson. So the big, the, the big deal ever since has been, can anybody ever average a triple-double? It can never be done. Uh, and here's a guy doing it midway through the season, and he's not a starter. I will put this in Trumpian terms for you, Rod. The system is rigged. I'm just <laughs> the system is rigged. It is a and we got to make it great again. That is true. It is a new system for, I mean, well, relatively new. 50% of the All-Star voting is determined by the fans, 25% by the players, and 25% by the media. So, yeah, there is an electoral college of sorts that determines who's going to be on the All-Star team and who's going to be the starter. So I, I, that's a good point, too. And we'll bring up the details of it because you know, it goes to what Chris was just talking about, about uh, maybe the system being rigged and maybe the system needs to change. But maybe the system is just as it should be. 
And, you know, it's kind of people arguing against the Electoral College and that being the reason that Trump was elected, even though he lost a popular vote by, I don't know, two, three million. But maybe the system is just as it should be. And so we'll talk about that, too, because I think you bring up a really good point, Chris. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, the Spurs and their big matchup coming up versus the Cavs. I think that is a, you know, and there's a question via Twitter, Chris, that I want to ask you about as it relates to the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. It, it, It may be a great conversation piece or it may lead it may lead to a dead end. Um, but I, I thought it was a really intriguing question about the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. Now, it, it is, it's a hypothetical. It's a thought experiment, if you will. So we'll talk about that, too, and get into that a little bit later on in the show. There's also some uh, college football news we'll get into. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. There's an I'm not racist, but that has to do with a lifetime longhorn, Ricky Williams, that has made national news that we'll jump into and uh, get into that story. We may or may not have freaky tales. I'm still gathering up some evidence there. And we will have keep them or bleep them. We did the Dallas Cowboys edition yesterday. We'll do the Houston Texans edition today uh, about the free agents or the possible free agents for the Houston Texans. Keep them or bleep them. We'll do that too. All right, when we come back, we'll discuss the snub, uh, the rigged system, as my man Chris Dewell calls it, about the all-star game. Is it rigged or is it just as it should be? Russell Westbrook, not a starter for the all-star game, even though he leads the NBA in scoring and also may end up averaging a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robertson did it. We'll get into that dive deep. This is a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Fiesta Football Friday edition of Your Sports Buffet. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. Coming up in the 5 o'clock at 5.50, we'll have our I'm Not Racist But moment. Uh, it involves Lifetime Mohan Ricky Williams. We'll get into that at uh, 5.50. And around 6.20, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain and we'll uh, talk some uh, Texas sports, Texas basketball. We'll also talk some Texas football. We'll also do our previews and picks of the AFC and NFC title games. We'll do that starting off the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get you in the mood with some football mood music, break out our NFL films music, and then we'll do that to uh, kick off the 5 o'clock hour. All right, so we'll do that coming up. We'll also talk about the big NBA games coming up this weekend and even tonight. The Rockets are hosting the Warriors. That is the best record in the NBA versus, I believe, the third best record in the NBA. And, of course, you have on Saturday the Spurs on the road versus the Cavs, which is something that we'll break down and uh, dissect. And uh, that is the record of the, uh, the, I believe it's the second best record versus the fourth best record. So your top teams in the NBA are actually facing off in the next 48 hours. I think that's really sexy, so we'll get into it and break it down. Let's right now talk about the 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 all star voting a little bit, and I uh, I was I was doing some research on it, and I usually don't do research on it, but it's such a random thing, or not even random, but such a rare thing to have someone who is leading the NBA in scoring and also on a record breaking historic pace like Russell Westbrook is, and not be a starter in the All Star game. All right, so I wanted to get into it and talk about it a little bit. And, you know, what I found interesting, and, and Chris, I, I didn't even know if um, they talked about this yesterday, but there actually was a tie um, in the voting between James Harden, Steph Curry, and Russell Westbrook. 
Ooh. Yeah, it was it was a tie it was a three-way tie between those three guys and what they had determined beforehand was that the tiebreaker would be the fan vote. Ugh. Yes, that the fan vote would be the tiebreaker and Russell that's basically where Russell Westbrook lost it and Steph Curry of course I believe he had uh the number he was number 1 in the fan voting so he won the fan vote and James Harden who I got to say it's pretty shocking that a guy who last year was dating a Kardashian and most people <laughs> and you know this Chris most people thought the perception was he's he's a selfish player doesn't like to play defense a lot of negative stigmas on James Harden, and now he's kind of flipped the script, dumped the Kardashian, and now his game, even though he and Russell Westbrook has been compared uh, in a lot of ways, his game to me is obviously one that the public enjoys more, at least they enjoy the personality more, or because he actually was the one who won the tiebreaker between those three, Steph Curry and James Harden, not Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, there there was so much ballot stuffing for the Warriors. Zaza Pachulia had a lot of the fan vote, a lot of Kevin Durant, a lot of Steph Curry. I wonder if that ballot stuffing for the Warriors, if those Warrior fans had a natural uh, distaste for Russell Westbrook, given the fact that he doesn't get along with, you know, Kevin Durant, who is now a warrior. I, I wonder on what level that might have played a little bit of a factor. Yeah, to the to your point about the rigged vote, I agree. Uh, apparently there are a ton of players because you can vote for yourself. Yes, I mean, so you can go vote for whoever you want um, when you're actually voting as a citizen. So you could vote for yourself, and there are a lot of players out there who vote for themselves. And that's number one. Uh, to your point about uh, players who may have hold grudges or may not like players or may have uh, their own motive. 128 players didn't vote, didn't have LeBron on their all-star ballot. Um, 154 players left off KD. Of so, I mean, there are so, and then at 30% of the players didn't vote at all. All right. Mm. So when you dig and there is there seems to be a bias against the Warriors. Clay Thompson finished fourth in the fan voting, fourth in the media voting, eighth by the players. Uh, Iguodala was ninth in the fan voting, sixth by the media, 22nd by the players. Uh, Draymond Green, fifth with the fans, sixth with the media, ninth by the players. So, yeah, the players, they don't necessarily, I mean, they have, they have their own motives and grudges, too. Uh, but, yes, I mean, so it's interesting that Steph Curry and Westbrook and Harden all tied, but the fan vote, which is 50% of the vote, all right, players are 25%, media other 25%. That breaks the tie, and the fans chose James Harden and Steph Curry, who is who are more likable right now than Russell Westbrook. We talked about Russell Westbrook and the dark side of the force and how he's a villain now. And let me ask you this, uh, Chris, I, and I, I'll just bring up this point. You know, since we're talking about, you know, James Harden and Steph Curry and maybe Westbrook isn't likable. Maybe because, you know, LeBron James was hated, and so is Kevin Durant yeah. right now. People don't like Kevin Durant right now. They don't. Right. They, they don't, even though he's having great season, best defensive season he's ever had, they don't like him. But they respect their games. They respect their skill set. And with, 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 Steph, with, with, with Russell Westbrook, it's interesting. I, I, I don't think, is there a lack of respect for his skill set? 
Like, people hate mm-hmm. them, but we've hated players before and voted them yeah. to Oscar games. And, like, this is a different voting system. But is it possible that there's a lack of respect of his skill set? And I pointed out that, you know, Russell Westbrook's triple doubles compared to James Harden's triple doubles, they're, you know, they're out of necessity and they're chaotic. You know, James Harden's triple doubles are more natural in the flow of the offense. They're inclusive. Um, and it's a little bit different game if you've watched those two play. Is it possible that the fans are just saying, no, we rather watch James Harden um, and Steph Curry's game than watch the game of Russell Westbrook, which all three are very different. Yeah, that could very well be. And you make a great point. If you watch the games of James Harden versus Russell Westbrook, you, as you just said, Harden's triple-doubles are in the flow of the game. He certainly seems like more of a team player, whereas, you know, I would have to say Russell Westbrook, as much as I I'm pull, I want him to be a starter in the All-Star game, but he won't. He's more of a me player. It's more about me, me, me. This is my team. Give me the ball. I'm going to take care of things. So, you know, maybe that's rubbing some fans and some players the wrong way. Remember when Mark Cuban said that there was, when he was referring to the Oklahoma City Thunder when Durant and Westbrook were teammates, that he thought there was only one superstar on that team. He said about Russell Westbrook, I think he's an all-star, but not a superstar. He doubled down on that uh, even this year when he said, hey, I think he's a, 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 an all-star. He's not a superstar. Mm. And, and to that point, I think he was saying basically he can't take a team to 50 wins and put a team on his back. But is some of that ringing true? Because a superstar doesn't get disrespected like that. Leading the NBA in scoring and averaging a triple-double and not voted a starter? Are the fans, I, mean, I think it's the fans basically kind of echoing what Mark Cuban was saying. And people thought Mark Cuban was crazy. Well, yeah, and when, I mean, once you develop a reputation like that, it can be hard to shake. So certainly what Cuban said reinforced that in a lot of fans' minds, and, you know, other people have said that as well. So, yeah, he might be developing that reputation or, or, or unable to shake that reputation. I'll go this far, Chris, and say if the Oklahoma City Thunder are not a playoff team this year, and that's relatively easy to do in the NBA, and I say easy because I'm on the outside looking in, but if they aren't a playoff team, then he shouldn't be the MVP even if he averages a triple-double because wow. that would prove Mark Cuban's point that he's not really a superstar, that he's a singularity. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, yeah. it's just this sporadic, extraordinary singularity, and Harden makes his teammates better. And it's it's weird. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – I hate to side with Mark Cuban on this, and I'm not siding with him, but I think there is some – credence to what he said and people kind of dismissed it when he said it and I think maybe there's some evidence of it by that all-star voting alright we'll come back we'll check in with Chris Dool at the sports desk and we'll also discuss the AFC NFC title games coming up we'll break them down this is your sports buffet welcome back to the sports buffet free flag feel good fake it till you make it football Friday edition of the sports buffet happy inauguration day to everybody out there no matter which side you are on um, people out there protesting. I, I still don't really actually know what the protests are about, but what, what are they actually are they protesting, Mike? You're a very politically they're, um, savvy guy. What What's the protests are like, They're just, they're just, just protesting, protesting because Trump? Trump is in. Okay, all right. So they're not trying to get anything accomplished with the protests. It's just no. They're just they're just voicing mad. the fact that they are displeased with. They're the, displeased. Okay, with with the results. Okay, well, no, understandable. There no question about it. And that's why this is a great country because you can do that. So people out there who are uh, driving around, remember, especially uh, you know. 
Austin. I'm sure there are plenty in San Antonio as well. You might get some. Uh, when keeping it real goes wrong, might, there might be some traffic because there are folks out there um, that are uh, you know exercising their constitutional right, and God bless them for it. All right, let's check in with a man who always wants to exercise his constitutional right. He's a man of the people. My man Chris Dool at the Sports Desk. Thank you very much, Rod. Nine games in the NBA tonight, and you alluded earlier to the marquee game tonight. It'll be on national television on the four-letter network at 7 as the Golden State Warriors in Houston at the Toyota Center to take on the Rockets. Second day in a row, Johnny Manziel makes news. We talked about it yesterday with his flurry of tweets. Today he sent a message to ESPN football reporter Ed Werder. Johnny Manziel says he is sober and he needs one team to believe in him. He said, quote, in uh, what he wrote to Ed Werder, I refuse to let my entire life of sports from the age of four be squandered by partying. I just got sick of it. One day I didn't like what I saw in the mirror and realized I could really help people the position I'm in. Manziel was asked, what is his number one priority? In all caps, he wrote, play Football, a preseason game, anything. I don't care what it is. I only need one team to believe in me, and I'll do anything to make that a possibility. And finally, Rod, he may have a possibility this spring. Brian Woods, who is the CEO of the new Spring Independent Football League, says he is reaching out to Johnny Manziel, to Ray Rice, and even Vince Young to give them opportunities to prove themselves in the Spring League. Woods said, quote, if Johnny Manziel is serious about a future in the NFL, the Spring League is willing to provide him with a platform to prove he's still relevant. It's a beautiful Rod. I love it. I love it. Awesome. I got to tell you, I see it happening. This is the, the, the path. This is the path. Have faith. The faith of a mustard seed. It's exciting. Yes, it He's is. He's a new man. Why won't He's they a new get, man. Why won't they get in touch with Tim Tebow? Hey, Chris, I saw you tweeted out this story. It was a great story about Tim Tebow going to the prom with uh, a, a – like, like, like kids with disabilities. Oh, he's, right? he's apparently, and not only that, he's like creating proms, I think on Valentine's Day. I'll wow. have to go back and look at it, and I'll retweet it out for people. Mm, but he's establishing proms across the country, in communities across the country, that are proms for special needs kids Man. so that they can go to the prom Amen. and they can experience the magic of going to the prom. I'm telling I you. I think it's brilliant, that and guy, I, I'm loving this guy. I, yeah. I know. I don't understand the Tebow, I mean, I guess I understand it. It's just fatigue. You get tired of hearing about somebody who really is not relevant in their actual field or their industry. But uh, you know what? I'll I'll say this, and I've predicted that Tim Tebow is going to get into politics. I don't know what side he's going to take. I don't know if he's actually taking a political side. Some some political side needs to grab up Tim Tebow right now. Yes. I I, I don't know if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care what. That guy is a political superstar in this political environment. Where reality yeah. TV stars become president, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't know what they're waiting on. Um, okay, well, something else I want to ask you, Chris, about the uh, the Johnny Manziel thing there. Um, Johnny Manziel, Johnny, them inviting him to that league is brilliant. By the way, That's, yes, right, because they just need publicity for the league. And if Johnny's really serious, he'll go Canada. He'll go. You know, semi-pro, he'll go anything if he's actually serious about playing the game. And is this is this a possibility that John, as a pop culture critic, I got to bring this up, and this is maybe an un, uh, a, a fortunate by- byproduct of a very unfortunate situation that 
nobody thought that Johnny Manziel's ceiling was ever a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Never. I, I, I think some crazy delusional, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but okay. I, I think some people were so crazy about him coming out of yeah, A&M. No I, I know some, some Aggie alums who just thought he walked on water, and, and I, I think you know, they wishfully believed in that. Okay, no, 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 that's a good point. That just like Vince yeah. Young, and I thought the ceiling for Johnny Manziel was kind of Doug Flutie. I really like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he'd make amazing plays in the NFL, but obviously he could be a starter or he could be a steady backup for 10 years in the league. I really thought that was a possibility. But that, obviously, things have changed. Um, is it possible that even with that as his ceiling, if I, if I was correct, if Black Shadamas was right and that was his ceiling, that Johnny Manziel now becoming kind of something of folklore and legend in the pop culture world, that he can be a bigger star now in 10, 15 years than he could have been if he just mm. went to the NFL for five years average and, fl- and flamed out. Because, wow. if he, it, because in a world of redemption that we live in, if he redeems yep. himself and becomes, I don't know, reality TV, hell, even becomes a, a, an analyst. He can go SEC Network, a uh, broadcaster, that he will have more fans uh, taking this path, the path of redemption, um, than the path of just uh, th- that most people took. That, you know I mean? Like that he played five years in the league and he was done. That's a huge point. And, and as you know, Rod and Mike, I, I mean, we, we love a comeback story right? in America. And we love a guy who redeems himself after he's fallen really, really far. So you, you make a huge point. Yeah, if he's successful turning this around, and even if, and you say Flutie, Flutie is still beloved. And Flutie went on to, you know, Flutie's been a college football analyst. Yeah. And Flutie, you know, had a secondary NFL career after he went to Canada for a while. So, uh, yeah, I, I think all of that is out there for Johnny Manziel, even if he isn't, you know, uh, an A-list NFL quarterback. Even if he just... You know, goes CFL for a while, comes to the NFL, makes some rosters. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, I thought this was a great question, and uh, we'll we'll get to this later on the show. But I want to plant the seed so you can think about it, and because I thought about it, and I thought it was a good question, but it may lead to a dead end, or it may lead to a really good conversation. And then we'll also next second we'll jump into the AFC title games and the NFC title games. I got two really good points to make about research that I've done about those games. Haven't made my picks yet. Chris hasn't made his picks yet officially and neither has Mike uh, and neither has Sam. We'll get into that though a little bit in, in 5 o'clock. Here's the question. It comes from Twitter. I, I've, I saw it at Spurs Talk 1. Um, number 1 is the Twitter account. Here's the question. Is there any player in the league you would trade for Kawhi Leonard? Straight up right now. Wow. Uh, He says he's probably biased, but he leaned towards no. It is a good question considering the skill. I mean, just right now, straight up. And and circumstances included age, everything. So, you know, I mean, you have to take all that into account. Is there anybody in the league you would trade Kawhi for? Mm. Don't give me your answer because, Chris, and I I, want to get into it. I want you to think about it. Okay, because uh, I, I, maybe it's a dead end. I thought it was a good question, uh, but a lot of Spurs fans, not saying they're homers, but uh, <laughs> they, they uh, they're, they're pretty adamant that uh, hell to the null would they take anybody over Kawhi Leonard. But I think we should discuss it and try to take the uh, the Spurs shade the Spurs shades off for a second and get into it. So we'll do that a little bit later on. We come back. I'll tell you what I learned about the AFC and NFC title games. That uh, I got to tell you. It may change your pick in these games coming up this weekend. This is your Sports Buffet.
All right, welcome back to the Sports Buffet. Next hour, 5.50, we'll do an I'm not racist but moment that has to do with Lifetime Longhorn Ricky Williams hanging out in uh, East Texas. We'll also uh, make our NFL picks for the AFC and NFC title games. And uh, we'll also play keep them or bleep them this time from the Houston Texans standpoint as it relates to the free agent uh, season coming up for uh, the NFL. We did the Cowboys yesterday. We'll do keep them or bleep them for the Texans today. Want to be equal opportunity. All right. Here is uh, I've been doing a lot of research and also we'll get into the question that I propose that I post to my man Chris Duell about the about Kawhi Leonard, who is on a tear He's at, uh, is it five straight 30-point games that he's had, Chris, at five straight? Yes. Five straight 30-point games. That gives him 13 30-point games on the season. I brought this up yesterday, and I thought it was crazy that, Chris, he only had four 30-point games last season. I thought mm. it was a fake stat. Like, it sounded like it's not real considering that he's got, you know, triple, quadruple that this this year. But it's, uh, he, his, his, his offensive evolution is unbelievable in just a kind of a year's time. Um, and maybe that's just a post-Duncan era. But the question that I saw on Twitter, and it was by at Spurs Talk 1, is there any player in the league you would trade for Kawhi Leonard? Straight up. Mm. Uh, most fan, most Spurs fans would say no. Um, but I want us to discuss it. Is, it uh. is there anybody? And, you know, it's, it's kind of obviously a hypothetical, and it's a thought experiment. But I, I think it'll give you a more, uh, give us a, a better appreciation for Kawhi Leonard because I was talking about how all the freaks in the NBA, James Harden and Westbrook and LeBron and Steph Curry and Kawhi Leonard kind of gets caught up in the, the mesh there. But you don't pay attention to the fact that he's putting up his own kind of historic numbers <laughs> and just doing it quietly in a very Spurs fashion, right? He is, and and uh, you know, to your question, do you, you want me to answer your question right now, or, or do you want uh, well, to? Well, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah right. go ahead. I well, mean, we can get well, and what, what's what's fascinating is because you said you know right now and and given age and all of those things yeah. of other players. I mean, if, if I could have LeBron James in his prime, you give me LeBron James ten years ago, I I, I may trade for LeBron James. But you know, as I look at everybody else. You know, if it, if it's straight up, the beauty of Kawhi Leonard is he fits perfectly into that Spurs system. He is a complete player offensively and defensively. You just mentioned, Rod, five straight 30-point games. That hasn't happened to a Spurs since Mike Mitchell did yeah. that in the 1980s. 80s. <laughs> uh, defensively, he's the defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah. He's still quite young. So, I mean, I, I look at, like, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Mm. Uh, while those guys are great offensive machines, if you trade them straight up, you're going to lose some of that defense. Yeah. And, are, and, and certainly with Russell Westbrook, are you going to have the team player that a Kawhi Leonard is, I don't think so. You look yeah. at a Steph Curry, I think Steph Curry fits very well in that Golden State Warrior offense. But if you if you did straight up right now, send Curry to San Antonio, Kawhi to the Warriors, yeah. we, we lose the defense. Yep. I don't think you have the complementary parts that are just right for a Steph Curry. So, you, you know, as, as I look at, you know, the marquee names, which to me would be LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden. What about uh, Kevin Durant? Westbrook. What about Durant? Yeah. Durant is the closest uh, thing I think you may get because 
I thought about Anthony Davis because I love Anthony Davis, who doesn't. Yes. But you got big men there already. We talk about Paul Gasol got hurt, actually. We'll get into that a little bit later yeah. on in the 5 o'clock. And uh, Greg Popovich getting kicked out of that game. Now that was a big deal, but it was just funny. We'll get into that when we talk uh, about the Spurs and the Cavs later on. But Durant was the closest thing that I could see to a straight-up trade for Kawhi that may give you your ROI, their return on investment. Mm-hmm. And again, and I look at his... I, I I look at the intangibles with Durant. I look at his lack of loyalty to Oklahoma City <laughs> and to his teammates. And, and I and at San Antonio, we're we're a small market. We're 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 a little. I think we're a little bigger than Oklahoma City, but not much. So I, I I look at the intangibles on Durant, and I say no. I don't think he's as good of a teammate. And you look at Anthony Davis, and that's that's very tempting. But does he have the work ethic of a Kawhi Leonard? If he does, I don't know it yet. Maybe I mean he has a lot of natural ability, but I, I mean Kawhi Leonard, and you, I think you said this the other day. He's very Tim Duncan like yeah. uh, in so many ways, yeah, including is. demeanor and work ethic. Yeah. This dude is a gym rat, and he works, 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 works. And and I don't know if a lot of those naturally gifted superstars are that committed to team and franchise like Kawhi Leonard is. Yeah, and I agree. And I, even the Anthony Davis thing, I like the fact that Kawhi's a wing, and that's where the future of the NBA is. He can defend more positions than an Anthony Davis can. And, and Spurs already got big men, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, the Spurs fans are not being homeless when they say they would not trade any player straight up for Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. He's just that valuable. All right, we'll come back. We'll make all of our picks in the NFL. We'll also have our I'm Not Racist but moment in the 5 o'clock. Your Sports Buffet. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. Freak flag, feel good. Fake it till you make it. Football Friday edition of Your Sports Buffet. You can always hit us up on the hotline, 1-877-366-LIVE. 1-877-366-5483. We will get into what is going to be a fantastic NBA weekend tonight. The Rockets hosting the Warriors. That is the best record in the NBA versus the third best record in the NBA. And you have tomorrow the Spurs on the road versus the Cavs. That is, I believe, the second best record in the NBA versus the fourth best record in the NBA. So your top four teams in the NBA, basically your best four teams right now based on record, they will face off this weekend, Friday and Saturday. So we'll get to there and break that down um, because uh, it's a big matchup for the Spurs fans out there, a big matchup for Rockets fans. We'll do that next segment and get into it. 550, we have an I'm not racist but moment that has to do with Lifetime Longhorn Ricky Williams. So we'll get into that at 550 last segment of the five o'clock we'll also jump into the what some people are calling the greatest all-star snub in the history of the nba back to the leading scorer and a man who's averaging a triple double for the first time since oscar robinson did it in like 62 63 russell westbrook is not going to be a starter in the nba all-star game oh it's good all right as if he needed more motivation uh something else to push him to the dark side of the force that well we were literally talking about that yesterday before the all-star yeah. Yeah. game balloting was released right guys in the voting and then we find out that he's gonna get uh shafted what? by the fans out there too so i could just imagine the uh the, the the motivation the 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 hatred that is now fueling russell westbrook who's already playing <laughs> at one of the highest levels we've ever seen in the nba so we'll get into that too here in the 5 o'clock. So we got a jam-packed 5 o'clock. But here in the first segment, guys, uh, we'll give our picks 
for the AFC and NFC title games. I'll also break it down in preview. I'll give you my research. I've been breaking down the games. And listen, I go where the research takes me. All right. I go where the evidence takes me. I don't try to make my mind up before, even though Aaron Rodgers mesmerized us all with that magical performance versus the Cowboys, drawing up plays in the dirt, one of the greatest throws I've ever seen in the half Mary. I, I, I can't let that influence me. All right. I got to do my research, do the due diligence and go where the research takes me. And I'll kind of I'll walk you through my research and my picks and then we'll get the picks from the buffet as well. So let's get everybody in the mood with some NFL films music. Mike, please do us the honor. There you go. Oh, yeah. yes. That's like to, yes. to football fans. This is like Marvin Gaye. Let's get it yes. on. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't get any better than this. I'm already titillated here. All right, so let's start with, I think we, sh- we should start with the Falcons game. Let's start with the Falcons-Packers game. Now, this game does not have the storylines no. that the Pittsburgh Steelers-Patriots game has with the Facebook Live video with Antonio Brown and trash talk between the teams and, you know, Insta chat and Insta face and snap face and all that kind of stuff. Those comments from Bill Belichick, right? But it is going to be the better game. No question about it. The over-under is historic. It is 61, I saw, but that is the largest over-under in a conference title game. And this is what worries me. And I came into uh, my research thinking I'm going to basically find reasons to pick Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But let me give you some, uh, you know, a little news before you make your pick. The wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers are more beat up than they've ever been. Mike McCarthy himself, head coach of the Packers, said that if it was a regular season game, Geronimo Allison, uh, Jordy Nelson, and Devontae Adams, none of those guys would play. So the best wide receivers for the Packers are beat up. They're be- really the, 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 the key to the run for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers has been Jared Cook, the tight end. With Jared Cook on the field, Aaron Rodgers has 25 touchdowns, one interception, a 115 passer rating. Without Cook, he has 15 touchdowns and six interceptions with a 92 quarterback rating. They're just less efficient without Cook. 10-2 and two with Cook, 2-4 and four without him. So it's something about their relationship, that rapport that Aaron Rodgers is developing with uh, Jared Cook. But my thing is... They will, whoever you're playing, no matter who it is, if you don't have enough weapons on the field, they'll be able to crystallize their focus on your key target. And I think that the Atlanta Falcons will be able to take that away. They'll be able to take Cook away. We don't know if the other wide receivers, Ronald Moore Allison, Jordy Nelson, or even Devontae Adams are going to play. Something else to keep in mind. The Packers have been one-dimensional a ton of playoffs. It's been the Aaron Rodgers show, and why not? He's been great. But they ran the ball versus the Cowboys, I believe, only 17 times, and 15 of those were by running backs. So Aaron Rodgers had two rushes himself. They threw it 40 times versus the Giants and ran it 23 times. So they're getting more and more one-dimensional as the playoffs go on. He may throw it 50 times versus the Falcons just to keep up with one of the highest-scoring offenses in the history of the NFL. I got to tell you, the way it's looking right now, I am leaning the Atlanta Falcons for a lot of reasons because Big Beasley, nobody talks about him. He led the NFL in sacks, and if you're going up against a one-dimensional passing attack, and I know Aaron Rodgers is great, but if he doesn't have the weapons, I think that the Atlanta Falcons can zero in on their top targets and also zero in on Aaron Rodgers with the best pass rusher statistically in the NFL in Vic Beasley. 
Guys, I'm going Atlanta in this. Mm. And the home field advantage. I'm taking the Falcons. I know Aaron Rodgers has played like Aaron Dodgers the last couple of <laughs> yeah. weeks. But I got to go. Football is one of those games where I can't get caught up in the emotion. The Falcons actually do have all the advantages here. The only advantage the Packers has, like they had last week, is Aaron Rodgers. But I'll take Matt Ryan and the Falcons in this game. Chris? Uh my head agrees with you. I, I think the Falcons are a better team. They've got more weapons. They've got more firepower on offense. Uh, they've got a defense that can neutralize that Green Bay Packer offensive attack. Now, that's my head. Uh, you said you won't get all caught up in the in your emotions. I tend to do that. And I am going to, there's something in my gut that says Aaron Rodgers is playing the position of quarterback right now better than anybody ever has in the snapshot of the games since like mid-November for the Packers, certainly in these playoffs thus far. Uh, I, I think I, I think he's going to try to keep the mojo going. So I, I'm going against what my head says is going to happen. That's a Falcon victory. My gut says and my heart says Aaron Rodgers, and maybe it's it's the Olivia Munn mojo. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing behind closed doors, but whatever it's happening, it's working. I, I say Aaron Rodgers continues to be Aaron Godgers for another week and finds a way to win this game. I know. I can't believe A Rod actually has the nickname of A Rod. We should strip A Rod, yeah. Alice Rodriguez yes. of A Rod, and give it to Aaron Rodgers. A Rod, the God, he deserves that nickname, not Alex Rodriguez. Mike, you're a pick. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to agree with you, Rod. Here, I without Jordan, without Jordy Nelson, I think the Packers are doomed. I agree. Uh, Olivia Munn may have some effect on Aaron Rodgers. Massages <laughs> <laughs> in the growing area. I mean, but. The Falcons are hot at home. They are. They look great. So I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Aaron Rodgers can overcome the the. I don't. I don't think Aaron Rodgers can overcome the Falcons. I'm going to say 37-30, Packers. Yeah, I. You're going to say the Packers are going to win it. I'm sorry, uh, Falcons. Oh, Thirty-seven, Falcons. thirty, Falcons. My okay. bad. Okay, uh, I, I, I think the Falcons. I think that people haven't seen this offense enough, and when they see it, they're gonna be blown away by. It. They just haven't got enough prime time TV time yep. for fans to be able to pick them. Uh, but I think Vegas has seen them. I, I'll go with my boy Shanahan. He's been waiting on this moment. He, uh, I think he wants to ride off into the sunset. I'll take the Falcons. I know that's, and I actually went into that. And went into my research wanting to pick Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you that right now. But I'm with you, Chris. I would, there was a cognitive dissonance within me. Mm -hmm. I, my heart wanted to go with Aaron Rodgers, wanted to go with greatness. But my head in the research says the Falcons are a better team. But it also said that last week with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's go to Tom Brady and the AFC title game here. Listen, Tom Brady is a freak. We all know that. Here's my concern, Chris. Tom Brady, without Rob Gronkowski is a mm -hmm. different quarterback. And I know we've always said about Tom Brady, like, it doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to. He can throw the ball to Joe Schmo. It doesn't matter because it's Tom freaking Brady. But since Rob Gronkowski has been a part of the, the Patriots, the completion percentage of Tom Brady without Rob Gronkowski, 57%. With Gronkowski, 65%. Yards per attempt with Gronkowski is 7.9. Without him, 6.5. Passer rating with Gronkowski, 103. Without him, 82. There is a difference. There's a different Tom Brady. And even look at the Super Bowl appearances by the Patriots, right? They go to the Super Bowl in 2011 and in 2014. Both seasons, 
Gronkowski stayed healthy, all right, in 2012, 13, and 15. And even this year, Gronkowski not healthy. All right, so it's, there's been a difference there. I thought about that. And I, I said this about the Texans. If the Texans had the, the ingredients to come up to, to fix the – to really to, to be able to fix the recipe, if you will, um, to beat Tom Brady. They did. They had the pass rush, and they had multiple pass rushers, and they had Gothic and Lockup on the back end. And it's not a secret how to beat Tom Brady. It never has been. It's just who can replicate that formula. Here is Tom Brady's record in the playoffs based on the amount of times he's been sacked. When he is sacked three or more times, his record, two and four. When he is sacked two times or fewer, his record is 21 and five. Mm. It's pretty simple. If you can get to Tom Brady, you can rattle him. The the Pittsburgh Steelers in their nine-game winning streak, they have 31 sacks in their nine-game winning streak, all right? That's a lot of sacks. That's uh, they're getting after the quarterback. They got 18 takeaways in their nine games. That's two per game. No quarterback has thrown over 200 net passing yards against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense in that time frame. Remember Tom Brady in the post game after the Texans uh, victory after he beat the Texans. He says to Robert Kraft, "Man, it was tough. The Texans got after me." He was legit about that. He was serious about that. Because the Texans had multiple pass rushers and they had one of the deepest secondaries in the league. This Pittsburgh Steelers defense is really, really hot. But I'm going to go with Tom Brady. I, I can't bet against Tom Brady. I can bet against Aaron Rodgers, but not against Tom Brady. The Patriots are 9-3 and versus the Steelers since 2001. And Brady has been a beast. He's completing 70% of his passes versus the Steelers. He has uh, got 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 132 passer rating. It's something about playing the Steelers, man. He loves it. And Big Ben on the road has not been the Big Ben that he is at home. Malcolm Butler will probably try his best to lock up Antonio Brown. That'll be just enough like he did in the last game. I'll take the Patriots in the victory to win it by a slight margin. Pittsburgh Steelers fight hard because Le'Veon Bell's going to run the rock. Chris? Uh, you know, I, I, when I watched the Patriots play the Texans, I, I saw Tom Brady get rattled here and there. I saw the Texans provided with opportunities uh, to take leads in that game and to take charge of that game. Of course, the Texans were not up to that task. I got a feeling, and, and, and I, I think, and, and, you know, Brady's you know the best quarterback maybe ever, but I think quarterback pedigree matters a lot. Uh, in the playoffs and certainly in the conference championship games. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, while he certainly doesn't have the quarterback pedigree of a Tom Brady, I mean, he's right up there having gotten his team to the promised land a couple of times. I think offensively with Le'Veon Bell, if they can get a running game established, and when that's not happening, you've got Antonio Brown when he's not, you know, Facebooking live and getting in trouble with Mike Tomlin. (laughs) uh, He'll be good. I I, I just have a feeling, and, and part of it was, Hearing Mike Tomlin in the locker room when Antonio Brown uh, was uh, Facebooking live when he shouldn't have been, I have a feeling the Steelers want to go in there and punch the Patriots in the mouth. Yeah, and and for and it's stupid to ever pick against the Patriots in their house in the playoffs. But I'm going to do it. I, I I think I think the Patriots are not all that. I think the loss of Gronk is a big deal. Uh, and I think somehow I think it's very physical. I think it's ugly. I think there are penalties. I think there's a couple of scuffles. And I think somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to walk out of there with a victory. Man, nice, Mike. 
Uh, I got to disagree with both of you guys here. I'm we're, I'm throwing my terrible towel into the ring on here. I'm a big <laughs> Roethlisberger fan. I think he gets it done. The Patriots can stick any quarterback in there and win, obviously, but there's just something about not having Gronk that just bothers me about Tom Brady. So I'm picking Roethlisberger. I think Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are clutch. They're going to get this. It's going to be an ugly win, but it's going to be a win nonetheless for the Steelers. So you and Chris picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, uh, right, we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll talk about the two best games that we've had up until this point in the NBA season. Spurs, Cavs, Rockets, Warriors. This is your sports buffet. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. Before we move on to previewing the two best games in the NBA up until this point in the season, which both involved teams from Texas, Spurs at the Cavs tomorrow night and Rockets hosting the Warriors tonight, we gave our picks for the AFC and NFC title games. And one thing I forgot to mention, what you want to watch if you're when you're watching the games, I should say, watch for if the Patriots end up falling behind because the Patriots haven't been behind a lot, um, at least lately. They haven't trailed in a game since week 12. <laughs> right? uh, they haven't trailed in a game since week 12. That is uh, 361 minutes of game time, more than six games since they trailed. So you, if they end up trailing in this game, that's somewhere that the Patriots haven't been in a really long time. And also, the two best quarterbacks the Patriots have played all year, as a matter of fact, every quarterback the Patriots have played this year, I'm not making this up, is basically a, an average or a below-average quarterback, except Russell Wilson and Joe Flacco. Go look at the schedule. They've faced nothing but average to below-average quarterback play the entire season, except for... Russell Wilson, and Joe Flacco. And so they haven't played a lot of elite quarterbacks. Matt Ryan might be the MVP, all right? And Matt Ryan, man, he spreads the ball around. It's crazy. They got 15 different receivers with a catch on that team. 12, all right, they got uh, 13, 13 different receivers with a touchdown. 13 different receivers with a touchdown, 15 different with a catch. That means there are 14 different guys on that team that have caught a reception other than Julio Jones, who is the main target, and 12 different receivers who have caught a touchdown not named Julio Jones. Even their two running backs have at least 400 yards receiving. Man, that offense is fantastic. And the Patriots, even though they're the best-scoring defense in the NFL or remaining in the playoffs, they haven't seen a lot of elite quarterback play. Matt Ryan made the MVP, and they have not seen a lot of high-powered offense. So they haven't trailed. And they, you know, the Patriots, well, they, the Patriots may trail in that in this game. And you talk about the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have not really seen a lot of high-powered. Even the Green Bay Packers played against the, the Dallas Cowboys. The Green Bay Packers did not beat in that seven, eight-game winning streak, excuse me, um, and and this is prior to the Cowboys. They didn't beat a team that was, I believe, ranked in the top half of scoring offense. The 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 Cowboys are the only team the Packers have beaten in their win streak that is ranked in the top half of scoring offense. So they don't, you know, the, there will be a shootout, but they haven't had a ton of, you know, they haven't trailed a lot uh, in that in that respect, too. So you look at the side of the Patriots. If the Patriots get behind, all right, and the Patriots, if you see Tom Brady in trouble, that's what you want to watch. They haven't been behind a lot in these games, and also Tom Brady has stayed relatively clean, and that's how the Texans made it a tough game, at least for the first two and a half quarters, and this Pittsburgh Steelers team has 31 sacks in the last 
nine games in their nine game winning streak. And on the other side with the, you know, the Packers and the Falcons, you just want to watch the receivers for the Packers because they may not have enough guys healthy for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. And if they're one dimensional and they're not running the ball, Vic Beasley for the Falcons, he's a supreme pass rusher, great pass rusher. He may be to get to Aaron Rodgers. So that's kind of the summary of the breakdown. All right, let's get into these games here in the NBA. You got the Warriors on the road versus the Rockets tonight. I'll tell you why this game is really interesting because I saw the what is basically the over-under for the NBA, and the over-under for uh, this game tonight is, is a ridiculous number. It's two, I think it's like 239. <laughs> That's the so 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 Vegas thinks the combined amount of points that are going to be scored in the game tonight between the Warriors and between the Rockets will be uh you know 120 points each 239 points that is a lot of points but both of these teams are the two highest scoring teams in the NBA so whoever is the best defensive team is probably going to win the game and that's the Warriors. The Warriors are a better defensive team, points per 100 possessions than the Rockets. But the Rockets are at home. So we'll see how much that means. But the Warriors, based on this matchup, it's just probably going to be a shootout. They have the advantage in the game. Now, one of the things I thought was really interesting is that, you know, I talked about this yesterday. Durant is basically the rim protector for the Warriors. He is leading the team in blocks. He's leading the team in rebounds, shooting his highest field goal percentage uh, in his career with that team, but he's doing more without the basketball than he's ever done in his career. And I think that is what's really compelling about breaking down any matchup now with uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, now if you look at the amount of shots, like the percentage of his shots with that, like with, with zero dribbles before, 40, I believe it's around 43% of his shots come without dribbling the basketball at all. All right, and that was like 37% last year. So the the game is a lot more easier for him offensively, even though his points are down. So he is doing more on the defensive end. He's doing more on, you know, the rebounding end, doing more without the basketball. So that's the key. And it's and I, when I was thinking about since you're looking at like the MVP race between uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who I think are one and two, and then a guy like Kevin Durant. You start looking at, you know, that breakdown between those guys. And, you know, you can't, it's hard not to think about the fact that in 2011, if those guys went to the finals all on the same team. And I'm starting to come to the conclusion that watching Russell Westbrook, who's a ball-dominant uh, player, and watching James Harden, who's a ball-dominant player, and even Kevin Durant, who is a ball-dominant player, but he can do more away from the basketball than Russell Westbrook or James Harden, his former teammates. Now, there's no way it necessarily would have worked with all those guys on the same team. It, it, Russell Westbrook is leading the NBA in usage rate. Uh, James Harden, he is leading the NBA. As a matter of fact, this is the all-time number in points scored or assisted on. All right, that's an all-time high for him, and that's an all-time high for the NBA. So all of these guys are at their best when they're ball dominant and they're ball centric. And Kevin Durant, you know, he he he's a ball centric guy too, but he can do more away from the basketball than a Westbrook and a Harden. But all these guys, for them to reach their potential, they need the basketball. So I don't know if it ever would have worked with those guys. 
and I know, you know, looking back in, in retrospect, it's easy to say that, but, you know, maybe it's something that we just like to imagine and fantasize about, but Durant and Harden and Westbrook all on the same team, I don't know if it ever would have worked. But I will say this, I think Harden and Durant might have made a better pairing than a Westbrook and Durant did, even though Westbrook may be the more singular, extraordinary talent. I mean, that, that just talking about just chemistry and how guys work together. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk more about the Spurs going on the road to play the Cavs. Uh, and then we'll have our I'm Not Racist butt moment coming up at 5.50. We'll check in with Chris Dewar at the Sports Desk. This is your Sports Buffet. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. Uh, my man CB sent me this from uh, Pro Football Talk. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers is under the weather. He's dealing with uh, the Packers have joined the Steelers because the Steelers are dealing with a flu or some illness, too. Uh, but there is going around their locker room, and Jordy Nelson was sent home by the Packers on Friday because the team was worried he might be contagious. Uh, but Rogers said that he's already feeling under the weather. He said West fluids, all that stuff. Um, that's how he's approaching it. So Aaron Rodgers feeling under the weather, and I already picked the Falcons. That makes me feel a little bit better about my pick. All right, let's check in with we'll Chris Dewar at the Sports Desk. Yeah, that Aaron Rodgers story was my second update story, so we'll credit CB with that one. I'll give you the first and the third. First story was uh, Chip Kelly had met with the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting, hoping to be their offensive coordinator. Instead, the Jags hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. So according to Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter of ESPN, today Chip Kelly met with the New England Patriots. Yeah. Which I, I find weird because here they are preparing for the AFC Championship game and the hoodie has time to sit down with mm-hmm. Chip Kelly. I just find that a little bit funky. (laughs) And uh, I'll tie in a little bit of sports to today's inauguration. Uh, A lot of people are collectors of baseballs with autographs on them. Apparently, the price for a baseball with a Donald Trump autograph uh, has skyrocketed. Uh, According to uh, memorabilia collectors, it used to be worth $100, $200 tops if you had a baseball autograph by Donald Trump. Now it is up to $1,000. If you got one that is a good autograph, you can get $1,000 for it. Apparently, in 2013, a Barack Obama autographed baseball got nearly $1,500. A George H.W. Bush autographed baseball, $800. Hmm. George W. Bush, $787. A Jimmy Carter autographed baseball, $674. Bill Clinton, $500. The top amount of dollars for an autographed baseball by a president a Ronald Reagan autographed baseball got $3,300. Mm. Right. Yeah, people love Ronald yeah. Reagan. That is true. Uh, yeah, you brought the Chip Kelly thing. I remember saying that if Josh McDaniel skipped town and went to, and, to take a head coaching job, that Chip yeah. Kelly would be the OC for the Patriots. Hell, he may just take an assistant coaching job or like a consultant job or some analyst job with the Patriots. Man, that's that's crazy. And I think the uh, yeah. I also brought up Nick Saban might bring him in, but I think Nick Saban uh, recently uh, promoted another. Uh, I think Mike Loxley, I believe, as his co-offensive coordinator. That's a scary thought. Chip Kelly with the Patriots. Uh, that's well, scary. and if you if you think about it, Rod, it's a really good move for Chip Kelly because as we've seen in San Antonio here with the Spurs, if you're a Spurs assistant coach. Other NBA teams want you. So for a guy, Chip Kelly, who failed at Philly, failed at the 49ers, 
Uh, if he goes to New England and they do well for a couple years and they continue to maybe go to a Super Bowl or two, uh, you know, he'll, A, he'll learn the Patriots' way, uh, and B, uh, he, I think his stock value goes up because people want a piece of that Patriot magic. I agree with you, brother. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, all right, let's talk some NBA, get back to NBA. Uh, I want to talk Spurs here, but uh, to wrap up our discussion about the Rockets Warriors for the time being, here's a stat for you. James Harden set an NBA record for turnovers last year with 374. This year, he's on pace for 467. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, that's mm. great. Westbrook is on pace for the second most turnovers all time with 451. So the two best one-man shows, they use, I mean, the usage rate is up for them and, and all that, but it's just amazing that they do turn the basketball over a lot. That's what you want to watch when Harden uh, is such a Harden-centric offense with the Rockets if the Warriors can force a lot of turnovers with James Harden. Those turnovers started creeping up into the 8-9 you know, the, the range. That's a really bad range to be in for James Harden. So you want to watch that. Uh, also, uh, watch if the game is tight down the stretch in the fourth quarter. The Warriors have had issues in the fourth quarter late trying to figure out essentially who's their closer. They don't know. They got so many great closers, they don't really know who the closer is. All right, so those things you want to watch in that game. Let's talk about the Cavs on the road tomorrow versus the uh, sorry, the Spurs on the road tomorrow versus the Cavs. LeBron James, uh, and I don't know if this is a shock. He may have said this before. He said Popovich is the greatest uh, head coach of all time. He said, I think he's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, just the respect and reverence that he has for Greg Popovich. I think that's just, I've always said the Spurs, in some way, I, I see them as a rival to LeBron James. At least that's the way it's kind of worked out. Um, why has it, Chris, why hasn't it been um, kind of one of these great player rivalries considering the uh, the status of Kawhi Leonard now where we know that he's one of the best defensive players in the league, best two-way players in the league, and now an offensive force too. Why don't we talk about the match? Does Kawhi Leonard play LeBron James a lot when they play? Do they? Do, he does. Does he defend yeah, he, him? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, often. And now, you know, but, you know, with Kyrie Irving now, you know, they, they've got a bunch of uh, yeah, explosive players. A, a lot of times the Spurs will put Kawhi on the other team's best player. You know, you, you've talked before, Rod, about Kawhi being a shutdown corner. You know, you know, a lot of times they'll say, all right, who's doing the most damage? Let's put Kawhi on that guy. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, he will be on uh, LeBron from time to time. But but that's a great question. You You would think. Uh, you know, my first answer would be, well, they're in different conferences, so they don't face each other as much. But, you know, twice uh, recently in the NBA Finals when it was yeah. the Miami Heat, and one right. of those, Kawhi won an MVP in one of those mm-hmm. NBA Finals. And, you know, and you look back, you brought up, I think, yesterday, those Lakers-Celtics rivalries uh, back from the 80s. So that's a great question. Why why is this not a a hardcore rivalry? I do know when LeBron James comes to town, the Spurs fans in the AT&T Center, they're still fired up for LeBron. They still have those big cutouts of LeBron's head when he's crying that they hold up. (laughs) So, And and that maybe happens at every Uh, NBA arena. But I I know Spurs (laughs) fans certainly feel a, a, a special extra oomph when LeBron James comes to town. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about this matchup in the sixth, but I, I'm just wondering, and even next segment, I'm just wondering, like, we get excited about Durant versus LeBron. You know, I, I remember the, you know, the Kobe versus uh, LeBron, or even Kobe, MJ back in the day. I mean, we get excited about those player matchups, and this is one of the few times where, you know, the wing players kind of match up and they do defend one another. And there's not a lot of talk, talk about the hype between the best defensive player in the NBA, the best two-way player, arguably, and the best all-around player. 
going up against one another. And I think it should be way more. I'm really excited about it. Should be more hype considering especially how Kawhi Leonard has evolved his offensive game. He's got 13 30-point games, five straight 30-point games. Um, he's the only player, I believe, that's averaging more than 20 points um, that's hitting at least 40% from the free throw line and 90% from the uh, excuse, 40% from the three-point line and 90% from the free throw line. So, yeah, I, I, not a lot of hype about that matchup. That should be prime time. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about the injury to Paul Gasol as well as Pop getting uh, voluntarily ejected from the game. And whatever, I'm not racist, but moment about Lifetime Long and Ricky Williams. All that more when we return. This is your sports buffet. Welcome back to the Sports Buffet. We don't have a ton of time here, so let's get right to our I'm not racist, but moment. I'm not black people! Hey, where are the white women at? Does it make your life easier just to throw a quick racist term at somebody? A man who has seen the things I've seen, experienced the loss and pain that I've experienced? <laughs> A transcend race, hombre. Now, Lifetime Long on Ricky Williams was hanging out in Tyler, Texas, for the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award ceremony, where that award was given to Deontay Foreman, a Lifetime Long One running back who was going to the NFL. While out in East Texas, taking a uh, taking a walk, just taking a walk, hanging out before the ceremony, Ricky Williams says that he was racially profiled. He said, "Quote." Um, this was transcribed by the Tyler Morning Telegraph. It was the middle of the day in the parking lot in the hotel. They had me put my hands behind my back. They didn't cuff me. They had me take everything out of my pockets, and they started to question me. I started to get upset. They told me to calm down. I said, you don't know what it's like to be a black man, and it's not the first time police have stopped me for no reason. Now, they had no reason to really stop them. Here's the video, at least the audio of it. We have the video of the cops coming up on the scene to question Ricky Williams, who was just taking a walk in. East Texas. He's kind of wearing a parka top jacket. I doubt it. We'll talk to him then. Yeah. They knew no, we'll talk to him. They knew it was Ricky Williams. See? He says it right there. It's Ricky Williams. Yeah. I'm saying it from my car for him. I'm saying it from my car. Yeah. I've heard of driving while black, from? but walking while black is a new thing. That's new. Yeah. No, Ain't no app for that. Are you? Yeah. Okay. You have your weapons on you? Yeah. Okay, turn around and place your hands behind your back. I'm just going to pat you down mm. make sure you don't have your weapons on you, okay? See, in Texas, we like our racism deep fried mm. with a side of queso. Turn around for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had stop and frisk in East Texas. Like actually. Wow. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah. Do we know the person who called the police was not an Aggie? That's, uh, that's, that's a good question. It's a possibility. Mind if I go in your pockets? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Ricky's very calm, though. Give props to Ricky. Yeah. Uh, uh, very calm. Kept his composure pretty right? well. That's your ID? Yeah. Okay. I'll explain everything to you in just a second, okay? Yeah, this explanation is worth listening to. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's classic. They're talking amongst themselves. Yeah, but they got Ricky just, just waiting there, like, hands behind his back. You realize we got Ricky Williams? They know it's Ricky Williams. Though. They yep. do. They know it's Ricky Williams. Now they're trying to figure out. Well, now what do we what, do? Yeah, if they can catch Ricky and doing something shady or dirty, even though he hadn't done anything. Okay. We uh we got a call. Somebody was over here behind the hotel. Crouched down in somebody's yard, hopped the fence. Somebody thought was suspicious. You know anything about that? No, I mean, I, I was walking over there, but I was Okay. Did you talk to the guy in the blue shirt back there earlier? No. The guy that was repairing all the rooms and stuff? Yeah, so when I was walking, I did. I picked up a tape measure. Okay. And he came and I gave him. Oh, a tape okay. measure. Okay. 
because he seemed to think he was stealing it. <laughs> stealing the tape measure? No, I was going to take you to the All right, all right. That's enough of it. We'll play the yeah, whole thing. You, you, stealing. You, you, get, you get the gist of it there. Mm. Uh, something. Somebody called the police. They it probably described it as a black man, and they uh, obviously Ricky Williams was the guy they stopped. Uh, yeah, somebody, and I, he said he's racially profiled, and I totally agree. He's being racially profiled there. And I will say this, and I, you know, I know that a lot of people won't agree with it, but you know, in East Texas, um, you know, you should. I'm not shocked that that happened to Ricky Williams in East Texas. I'll just say that. You know what I mean? They uh, call them sundown towns for a reason. Yeah, I'm swamp people. My people are from Louisiana, so you're going in that direction, and you know, the, the, the more you go in that direction, you you'll find Jim Crow. You will. I mean, <laughs> you just go, you keep going deep enough. All right, but you know, maybe we need. This is my thing. I know there've been a lot of like, uh, you know, police uh, race relations issues. Maybe black people need to start. We need to start a business where black people can rent like a puppy or a kitten because black people who walk around with puppies or kittens who drive with puppies or kittens. They probably can avoid being racially profiled because everybody loves puppies and kittens. That's kind of my idea. All right. You've never heard of somebody being racially profiled with a puppy or a kitten. All right? No, never. So maybe all of my maybe the way you keep from being racially profiled, you got to walk around with something that even uh, that everybody loves white people, black people, Asians, Hispanics, uh, even racist love, which are puppies and kittens. Everybody loves puppies and kittens. <laughs> so to avoid being racially profiled, I'm going to recommend minorities start walking around with puppies or kittens. Or maybe I will start a business called rent a puppy or rent a kitten so that you can keep from being racially profiled. You've never heard of, heard of anybody being shot or killed. Killed by the police with a puppy or a kitten. All right? Because that would have happened. All right? They'd be like, show me your hands. Show me your hands. I can, officer. I have them on this pretty cute puppy and kitten. And he'd go, oh, that's really cute. You're right. You can't be a killer. You got a puppy. All right? Serial killers don't have puppies and kittens. All right. We'll come right back. This is your sports buffet. Welcome back to the sports buffet. A freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Football Friday edition of your sports buffet. You can always hit us up on the hotline 1-877-366-LIVE. 1-877-366-5483. We will have Freaky Tales at 650. Thanks for my man Mike. Mike loves Freaky Tales. Probably because he's a freak. And anytime I'm like, well, we can do Freaky Tales. But I, I love like, me some Freaky Tales. I got like three stories and Mike starts like diving deep into the internet to find me Freaky random stories and Mike has come up with at least three freaky tales so that we can make freaky tales complete. So at 6.50 we will do <laughs> freaky tales because yes. Mike is in a really freaky mood. Why not? It's a freak flag Friday. We did have an I'm not racist but moment that involved Lifetime Lohan Ricky Williams last segment and uh, you know I want to get back into that for a second because we actually have a caller who wants to comment yeah. on it. So we'll get to that here in just a second. Let me preview the 6 o'clock for you. Uh, I'm going to, uh, at least the Buffet Nation will, we'll review our picks and predictions for the AFC and NFC title games. I'll tell you why I made the picks that I did. Next segment, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll talk some Texas sports. Texas basketball has a big game coming up versus Kansas. We'll also talk some Texas football there. Go behind the burnt orange curtain. Talk about the latest from Tom Herman and his staff. Yancey McKnight, the strength and conditioning coach, met with the media earlier today. So we'll talk about some of those news, notes, and nuggets from behind the burnt orange curtain next segment. They're also the two best games in the NBA up until this point in the season. I BS you not. The Cavs are hosting the Spurs tomorrow, and the Warriors are going to Houston tonight to face the Rockets. That is the matchup of one versus three, and the matchup of the Spurs.
versus the Cavs, a matchup of two versus four. So the top four teams in the NBA are facing off in the next 48 hours. That is fantastic. So we will talk about that. We've been previewing it, breaking it down. We'll also go over the injury to Paul Gasol last game for the Spurs, which is huge, all right, unfortunate and huge. So we'll talk about that, review that game. We'll also preview in the Cavs game and talk about Popovich getting kicked out of that game voluntarily, which is also uh, very uh, – I don't know if it was on Popovich's life, but you don't see Popovich get kicked out of a lot of games. So we'll get into that and talk about it when we get into the NBA. And we'll also talk about the uh, the greatest and the most infamous all-star snub in the history of the NBA, Russell Westbrook, leading the NBA in scoring, averaging a triple-double, first time since Oscar Robinson did it in 62-63, and yet he will not, I repeat, he will not, you are not a starter in the all-star game, right? It's like that Maury Povich, you are not the starter in the all-star game, even though you're leading the NBA in scoring, leading the NBA in a I think he's 11th in rebounds. He is second in assists, I believe. And also, like I said, he's leading the NBA in scoring, averaging a triple-double, yet he is not going to be the starter for the Western Conference. So we'll get into that and break it down. I'll tell you why. They may have actually gotten it right. Uh, my man Chris thinks the system is rigged, and a lot of people agree with him. Uh, we'll get into that discussion as well. All right. Now, last segment, we had an interesting discussion about Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams... A very interesting one. He went to uh, East Texas. He was hanging out in Tyler, Texas, because he went down there for the Earl Campbell uh, Award Ceremony. Earl Campbell has an award that he gives away. It's like the top college football player from the state of Texas. And Deontay Foreman received that award this year. It was also a lifetime long one. So Ricky's down there hanging out. Before the award ceremony, Ricky Williams, who's a very eclectic guy. I know Ricky. Ricky's a great guy. He's, you know, introspective, very intelligent. He decides to go for a walk when uh, at you know, during his walk, he gets the police uh, confronting him and stopping him and saying, hey, there are some people that may have called the police about a suspicious character and you might be that character. Uh, very uh, troubling video, if you will. So we started talking about it and talking about whether he's racially profiled. And I think it's pretty obvious that there was some racial profiling there. There's a video out about it. Uh, my theory is that, I, you know, because of all the racial profiling out there, I am encouraging uh, Ricky and other minorities minorities out there uh, to keep from being racially profiled, you should start trying to walk around with a kitten or a puppy. Um, and I'm going to start start a business where you can rent a kitten or a puppy for a certain amount of time. You got to go to East Texas and you're a Latino or you're a black person and you might have to go somewhere where you're going to be racially profiled while driving or while walking. You can rent a puppy for the weekend, rent a puppy for a few days, rent a kitten for a few days, and that will keep you from being racially profiled. Because my theory is there has never been a police incident or a racially profiled incident that has escalated to violence when there's a puppy or a kitten involved. Mm-hmm. If Ricky Williams had a puppy or a kitten with him, this never would have happened. Those police would have stopped him. They'd be like, who are you? Is Ricky Williams? Oh, man, you got a puppy. You know what? It's all good. Let him go, guys. He's got a puppy with him. There's no way he can be <laughs> a danger fluffier, to anybody. The fluffier, the better. No. You know what I mean? I'm telling the truth here. I know y'all think I'm crazy, but the reason people call the police on minorities is because they feel threatened, and I'm talking about the, the, the threat level will drop if you have a puppy or a kitten with you. Now, I actually abide by this rule, but I have my own. I have a chocolate lab. But people love labs in this country. It's the, it's the top dog uh, in the country, the most popular dog in the country. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think if, as a black man walking around, I would, I would um, be – people would be a lot more suspicious of me if I didn't walk 
walk around with my chocolate lab with me. People see the chocolate lab and they go, oh, he's, he's kind yeah, of a I mean, nice guy. If, he's got a chocolate lab If with you're him. walking your dog, no one's going to question it. Exactly. But he's walking yeah. around by himself. So we're like, oh, he must be up to no good. He must be up to no good. He's stealing something. Uh, but if you're walking around, you got a puppy or a kitten in your hand. People are like, you know what? He's got to be a good what? guy. He's got a puppy or a kitten. So that's how I'm going to start the business. You can rent a puppy or rent a kitten if you're worried about being racially profiled. Boom! Problem solved. I'm going to be a millionaire. That's what happen. I like that. Rod Babers fixes everything. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to help out our fellow man. Do we have a caller that wants to talk about this? Really? Yeah, Josh is on the line here, and uh, um, Josh is going to get on me. What's up, Josh? Josh, uh, what was your story again what's here? Going on? What's up, Josh? Well, Rod, I love your idea, but I don't know that it'll work, man. The reason <laughs> I say that is because I was once arrested sitting in my car reading a Bible. <laughs> That's not funny, Josh. I'm sorry, but that made me laugh. You gotta tell me this story. Man, I was sitting waiting for my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> which I'm done with her because she made me wait too much. I got arrested, <laughs> so I'm sitting there waiting, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, "Man, this is taking a while. I'm gonna read my Bible." You know, I'm sitting here not doing anything, anyways. So I'm reading my Bible, and all of a sudden, some lights come on behind me, and they, you know, do the whole thing. Man, get out the car, put your hands behind your back. You know, let me see your hands. All that. So I'm just like, I'm stunned. I don't know what's going on. She, I mean, it was a lady cop. She went through the cuffs on me, threw me in the back of the car. She pretty much didn't tell me anything. And then I'm like, man, can you tell me what's going on? I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I'm sitting in a an apartment building parking lot, reading my Bible, and you arrest me. Wow. And she said, well, we've had some break-ins in the storage unit right near here, and you missed the description. Oh, wow. there you go. Yeah. Hold on, where, where, where were you? Do you mind if I ask where were you? You ain't got to give out any details. It's a little town called Brownwood, Texas. Oh, I know, oh, yeah. Brown, I, know, I, know yep. I know people from Brownwood, yeah. An interesting oh, place. And, and, Josh, you are of the, uh, what ethnicity, if, if you don't mind, would you mind uh, revealing that to the buffet? I, I am white. Ah, uh, there you go. Boom. Now, let me tell you this. I'm asking you this, Josh. If you had a puppy or a kitten with you, <laughs> While you were reading that Bible, do you think you would have been arrested that night? I, I think I still would have got arrested. Oh, no. <laughs> no, in fact. I have here, a Bible, Rod. The Bible was open. That's true. actively reading it. That's, you know that's what, a good though? point. That's a good point, Josh. I, I, got, I got nothing to say to that. That's a good point. I think we could have saved Josh because, again, Josh, if you had the puppy with you, they're not going to take you. Like, well, who's going to take care of the dog? That's true. They worry about the puppy. They worry about the puppy. Man. That lady cop was crazy. She probably would have made my girlfriend come down again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh, you're the man, brother. Hey, thanks for sharing, man. I really appreciate that. No problem. All right, there you go. That is a true story. A racial profiling goes a lot of different ways. It goes ways. both ways. That could be some maybe sex, sexist profiling, right? You know what I mean? You know, in terms of male, female. I still think my puppy kitten idea is money. Guys. I think it's money. I think it, uh, and there's no cop out there that will arrest you if you have a puppy or a kitten. And he's reading. I don't say Josh was reading the Bible. Man, that's cold-blooded. That's, that's cold-blooded. He was reading the Bible. I don't know what to do. In hey. Brownwood, Texas. That's like Bible Central. No, reading the Bible <laughs> and got arrested. That's tough, man. Wow. That's, that, that, you know what? Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat to <laughs> Thank you for the call, Josh. That was very, that was fun. Okay. Um, I don't even know how to follow that, Josh, actually, but I, I would do my very best. Greatest call ever. That was actually one of my favorite calls we've had in the history of the buffet. We've been on for like eight or nine <laughs> years, just so you know, okay? Uh, all right. There are a lot of different things I want to get to. Let's start here with the, the all-star game and the all-star snub, and then uh, we'll make our way next segment, and we'll get to 
uh, talking some news notes and nuggets from behind the burnt orange curtain. So this is all you need to know about the all-star snub of Russell Westbrook. Leading the NBA in scoring, uh, averaging a triple-double, and not going to be a starter for the all-star game. Here's the kicker. Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, James Harden were all tied in the voting. All right? They were tied in the voting. But with the new voting system, the electoral college of sorts that the NBA has uh, has kind of manufactured here, fans count for 50% of the vote, media counts for 25%, players count for 25%. That is a very, very flawed system. But since the fans count for so much, they are the tiebreaker, and the fans are the ones who chose James Harden and Steph Curry over Russell Westbrook. The reason I think this is really interesting is because we've hated basketball players before. Hell, they hate Kevin Durant now. They hated LeBron James. Hell, you know, they hated players before, and yet players still were respected enough. Their skill sets were respected enough for them to warrant being a starter or voted as a starter. Now, I know it's a, it's a new system, but I think it gets to a point. You know, Mark Cuban said this, and people got on Mark Cuban. He said, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder had one superstar, and that was Durant, that Russell Westbrook was not a superstar because he could not, you know, put a team on his back and win 50 games and lead him to the playoffs. But maybe he's not a superstar because people don't respect his game enough, his skill set. Averaging a triple-double, leading the NBA in scoring, and the fans don't appreciate that? You know, James Harden is, I would say, a more inc- – it's amazing that he's kind of revamped his image, but he has a more inclusive game, a more organic, naturally flowing game. His, his triple-doubles come uh, more naturally within the flow of the game. Russell Westbrook's are chaotic, almost out of necessity. Um, so maybe people are watching Russell Westbrook and maybe it, it, him not only being a villain – but they don't really like his game. It reminds me, you know, I mean, so that's just, that's just pure hatred for Russell Westbrook, like the Dave Chappelle skit. Uh, I hate you. I hate you. It's just it's the player haters ball, and the, the fans are representing the player haters. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. Yeah, they simply do not like Russell Westbrook. And they're, listen, and it's an exhibition. Think about that. It's what the fans want to see. They want to see Curry's game. They want to see Harden's game. They don't want to see Westbrook's game. Not as much because they want to see those guys. So it's, I think that is very, very telling, uh, considering that Mark Cuban was like, no, he's not a superstar. He doubled down on it this year and said he's not a superstar. Not saying Mark Cuban's right, but that this, this particular example lends some credence to maybe he's not a superstar. When was the last time you remember somebody leading the NBA in scoring and not being a starter in an All-Star game, let alone averaging a triple-double? He's 11th in rebounds. He's 2nd in assists. And the uh, the fans have decided they don't want to see him. Hell, a guy that dated a Car- dated Khloe Kardashian a year ago. Right? He is more beloved than Russell Westbrook right now. And uh, maybe, you know, the, the dark side of the force that's been driving him, which I think is going to get even darker now that he's been snubbed from the All-Star game, I think maybe that is having an effect on the way the fans perceive him. You know, Russell Westbrook's a singularity. You know what I mean? He's a singularity. He is uh, an extraordinary, remarkable singularity. But he doesn't make his teammates better. Harden's game actually translates and makes his teammates better. Westbrook is just an extraordinary singularity. He's, he's uh, he, he's, a, he's a Haley's comedy, something we haven't seen in a while. He comes along every few decades or so. But I don't know if uh, he's the type that makes his teammates better. If he doesn't 
make the playoffs this year, averaging a triple-double, I don't know if you can say he's the true MVP of the league. All right, we'll come back. We'll go behind the burn on his curtain. We'll return. We'll also talk some NBA later on in the 6 o'clock. Freaky Tales at 6.50, your sports buffet. Welcome back to the sports buffet. Hit us up via Twitter at Sports Buffet 1, the number one. Hey, Chris Duell, did you hear this uh, news? Uh, Jabari Young was the first one that I saw tweeted out, at Jabari J. Young. Uh-huh. And he said, um, here's the tweet. Meanwhile, source confirms that the NBA plans to invite uh, Jonathan Simmons uh, to participate in the slam dunk contest. Whoa, I had not heard that. That's big. Well, that's what that's he huge. that's what his tweet says. Yeah, that. Okay. So I didn't I didn't know did Jonathan Simmons have high, I mean, I I've seen him. He does there are more alley hoops I think being thrown with this Spurs team than we've seen from the last two Spurs teams of two years prior. Um a lot of those have uh, some of those have been the Jonathan Simmons. Does he just have hops like that? Is he a, is he a beast like that? He, he 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 does from what I've seen during games, and I you know I do Spurs radio, so I'm in the studio. I'm not at the AT and T Center, yeah. but people tell me in pregame warmups they see him doing uh, a quite quite a few slam dunks as well. So it's gotcha. kind of it's kind of his thing. So uh, I've heard a number of Spurs fans saying he should be a part of the slam dunk competition. So now okay. that he is, and Jabari Young, uh, an Express News Spurs beat reporter, uh, so I, I assume that's 100% accurate. So, yeah, that's cool, cool news, not only for Jonathan Simmons, but for Spurs fans. Who was the last Spur to participate in the dunk contest? Oh, man, that's a great question. I'm uh, trying to rack my. I'm not, you know, I can t- now back in the ABA, I can tell you okay. that Larry Keenan and George Gervin oh, competed yeah. against Dr. J Ooh. and David Thompson in the 1976 NBA All Star Game. Oh. That's how far back I go. Don't you wish uh, they had like videos or NFL films of that stuff? How well, actually, like, dude, that, that is on YouTube. Is that, it really? That, that is like one of the greatest. That, that yeah, it's 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 Julius Irving, Doctor J, it's David Thompson, oh, Gervin Keenan, and somebody else. If you go to YouTube, you can find that one. It's, oh, I it's beautiful. Check that out. All right. Yes. That's, uh, that's homework this weekend. Continue. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, but I, but I. So I, I, man, I'm trying to rack my brain and think who was the last spur right in that comp. You know, you know, I, I know Brent Barry was in the three point competition. I think Steve Kerr was in the three point competition, but I, I can't remember who uh, the somebody, last spur was in the slam dunk like competition. Willie, Willie Anderson was Willie. I don't. I, Could be. I got a text. From I don't remember randomly. that specifically. Um, that says Willie Anderson might be part of that group. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and you know, and, and in the pop era, this is probably why I don't remember. You know, in yeah, the pop era, that's not nobody is really encouraged yeah. to be <laughs> yeah. a, a flamboyant, yeah. hey, check out my dunking skills kind of guy. Good. That, actually, that's interesting. You're right because it's not obviously a lack of the the, the personnel because the Spurs have had some of the best personnel in the NBA the last 20 years. It's more the culture, right? Like yeah. that. Pops, that's not really a priority in the pop culture. That's uh, I think you might have hit it on the head. It's probably because it's not a it's not a priority in that culture. Hell, Kawhi's a freak athlete. Hell, his hands between his hands and his mm. size and length, he'd probably be a freakish dunker. But and even the dunk contest culture has changed, right? You brought up Gervin and Doctor J and all these guys going at it. That's not the case anymore, right? You have more star power in the three point contest than the dunk contest these days. True. Yeah, Yeah. somewhere around the Michael Jordan era, uh, for whatever the reason, uh, the superstars started backing out of it. No, I I blame LeBron. I blame LeBron, and I and I I love LeBron, but because when LeBron, because Kobe did it, when LeBron stopped doing it, I think the all the stars after him were like, well, Uh, it used to be a rite of passage. 
Now, yeah. screw it. I blame LeBron for that. I like LeBron. I love LeBron. But I blame LeBron for that. That was LeBron's fault that the dunk contest died in terms of mm. star power. That was him. He decided to be all uppity with that. Anyway, uh, it's random rant about LeBron there. Okay, let's go behind the burner's curtain. Tom Herman uh, at a press conference finally addressed the Casey Horney hire. Um, and uh, he addressed it. Here's a quote from Casey Horney. Uh, sorry, from Tom Herman about Casey Horney, uh, who was a longtime assistant with Art Browse. He said, quote, I've known Casey Horney for 18 years. He's a wonderful husband, a fantastic father to his daughters, a fantastic football mind. He had some uninformed and regrettable tweets that he's apologized for, and I'm fully confident he's in alignment, that word again, with what our vision is at Texas and will prove to be a very valuable member to our staff. We've moved on. He's been trained here and at Baylor, and we feel extremely confident moving forward. And I, I, I essentially said the same thing on this show about the Casey Horney hire. Uh, I know Casey personally when he was on the 40 Acres. I was playing. He was a GA with Tom Herman. I, I had more interaction with Casey Horney because Tom Herman was on the offensive side of the ball. Casey Horney was a good guy, good dude. I, I, you know, he, he uh, tweeted out some, some probably very dumb, ill-advised things supporting Art Browse. Obviously regretted those. That's why he deleted them. I've done dumb stuff on Twitter, so I'm not going to call him out on that because I just don't know how much he was involved with the scandal and how much he knew with the scandal. But with that being said, from the case only that I've known, always a good guy, good dude. And that's what essentially Tom Herman said. My problem with, you know, the way it was handled or mishandled was that, you know, that there could have been a better public relations tactic or uh, mentality to handle that situation, knowing Casey Horner was coming in with baggage from that Baylor scandal. The fact that they didn't purge the tweets before they made the announcement. Uh, the fact that they didn't have a, you know, a, a that they did not have a a set kind of message ready to go or uh, some type of kind of united front. Early on, they just kind of let the blowback happen, and then they released a statement later on by Mike Perrin. I just think there was a better way to handle it by Texas, considering, uh, you know, public relations one-on-one. They could have buried that story. They could have news-dumped that story around when the Cowboys were doing something. Hell, for the inauguration, they could have saved it for today. <laughs> I mean, they really could have. Today's the perfect news-dump day. This is, this is one of the greatest news-dump days in the history of news. When you got something bad that you want to release that you don't get a lot of blowback and negativity for, this is when you release it right now. Right now. This is when Texas should have released that Casey Horney story. Right now. Gave them enough time to purge everything and then release it right now. Hell, nobody would have paid any mind because everybody's too busy making fun of the inauguration or celebrating the inauguration. We, we got breaking news. Uh, they have found Jimmy Hoffa today right, right now, Rod. Uh, just uh... – <laughs> Serious. I mean, you're right, though. This is the greatest news. And you know what? What upset me is they had another great news dump day before this, and that was the Dallas Cowboys when they played the Packers and when they lost to the Packers. I mean, they had, there were plenty of chances to drop that story. They just dropped it randomly, like, you know what I mean, like uh, via social media. No, that wasn't the way to do it. I think they did a, you know, they did a disservice to themselves by doing it that way, and they got the blowback. And I, and I think ultimately, you know, depending on – you know, your thoughts about Casey Horner, they probably did him a disservice, too, because that could have been dealt dealt in a better way so he wouldn't have to deal with the blowback, too. But now it's out there. It's um, a regional story, if not a national story, and Tom Herman at the university got to deal with the blowback from it. 
Okay, there are more Texas uh, topics that I would like to discuss and get to all of them there. So we'll check in with Chris Duell at the sports desk. We'll also talk about the Paul Gasol injury to uh, the Paul Gasol injury and what it means to the Spurs, the impact. We'll also talk about the upcoming NBA games this weekend, which are two of the best we've had so far this season. All that and more when we return. This is your sports buffet. Welcome back to the sports buffet. Uh, we got freaky tales coming up next segment. We'll get back behind the burner's curtain this segment. Before we do any of that, let's check in with Chris Duell, the people's choice at the sports desk. Nine games in the NBA tonight. We've been talking about them. Your marquee matchup tonight, it'll be on the four-letter network on national television, 7 o'clock. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Golden State Warriors at the Houston Rockets. New York Jets legendary defensive lineman Mark Gastineau went on a local radio show today and revealed he has dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's. And he says he believes it was caused by football. He said he doesn't regret playing football. He's still trying to help uh, youth uh, youth organizations teach kids how to tackle more safely. And uh, before I, the last one I was going to read was about the Longhorns and new strength coach, Yancey McKnight. Oh, I yeah. know you're going behind no, the no, board. No, no, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. All right, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do what you're going to do. But no, uh, today, Yancey McKnight, the Texans, new, the Texans, the University of Texas Longhorns new strength coach, was asked about the controversy at Oregon where players were hospitalized uh, after being uh, overworked. He says uh, the Longhorn staff is providing longer rest times during the early phase of the off-season conditioning program since Texas players did not play in a bowl game and thus have been off for seven weeks. He also pointed out that uh, the Longhorns now are sorting players into three groups and that they did this back at uh, the University of Houston. There's a gold group for players who are leaders and take care of their own business. There's a green group for players who are improving. And then there's a third group, which is for uh, <laughs> players who might be troublemakers, uh-huh. might be skipping class, uh-huh. might need some tutoring. He says they're going to call them the Crimson Group. Yeah. And apparently that is an homage to the <laughs> Oklahoma Sooners. You don't want to be in the Crimson Group at no. Texas, as you well know, Rod. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, Chris, there was uh, another story about him at U of H that this all psychological stuff he does, all right, psychological tactics to motivate um, and kind of do to increase the competitive nature of the guys. He would have these early morning workouts where, you know, if you if you were if you were part of the group that won the early morning workouts, then you would get the best breakfast. You would get omelet <laughs> bars and bacon and, uh, you know, waffles and pancakes and Beautiful. fruit, everything. And if you did, if you were in the group that lost, you got like watered down eggs and burnt <laughs> toast and burnt biscuits. It's all about the psychological effect. And that's I guess that's what he's doing now with those three groups. I love it. I'm a big Tom Herman fan. I had a big crush on Tom Herman even when I heard about the bro kisses. The, the and, and people don't know this. <laughs> people thought, Chris, those kisses were given out to every player. They're not. Whoa. You had to earn the kisses. Like, wow. He didn't kiss every player. People forget. I, I was told this by Cougars. He did not kiss every player. It's almost a, it's a weird thing, a weird dynamic. You have to earn the kiss of Tom Herman. You have to earn everything. 
He'll walk around that whole damn place and not talk to certain players, and he would, you know, give a lot of love to other players. They were taking care of their business, and they were hard workers, and they practiced hard and did everything they need to do. And the players who didn't, you got no love from your coach. And almost like the way the Catholic Church describes hell is distance from God. And mm. for him, hell for his players is distance from the coach. If you do the right things, you get closer and closer to Tom Herman to the point where he gives you a man kiss. But if you don't, you get <laughs> no love from Tom. And I, wow. I, you know, yeah, it, it's really it's really dynamic, and they, they say that's part of what makes him so special. And I kind of agree with that. I I, I love the as uh, Augie Garrido always said, the world is a very different place for winners than it is for losers. And in our society of give everybody a ribbon and everybody gets a, you know everybody gets a certificate and every everybody's a winner you kind of lose that and yet you know in a capitalistic society and in a democratic society like ours it is dog eat dog and you forget some of that and he's all about building up that kind of competitive nature which I think is really really cool. Um, thanks for the update, Chris. That was great. I was going to get into some more topics uh, about Texas football. I'll just get into a couple of nuggets here. Josh Burt, the wide receiver, says he's not going to pursue track and field this year. Going to focus only on football. Probably going back to what you said, Chris, about he'd probably end up in that crimson group if he decided to <laughs> pursue track and football. And uh, Texas basketball will be facing Kansas uh, mm. this weekend. And I got to tell you, I'm not real confident. Low one fans probably will be confident tomorrow. It's at uh, I think 1 p.m tomorrow they're going to face Kansas up there in Kansas in Lawrence and you know Longhorns have been dealing with their issues but some of the players are starting to trend over the last three games uh Jared Allen the freshman forward he is scoring I think he's averaging around 18 points almost nine rebounds uh and like almost three blocks per game in 33 minutes so he's trending up Sha- uh Shaq Clear has been trending up the last two games. He's averaging 13 points, five rebounds the last two games. So I know Texas is really bad. They are bad. They are not a good basketball team. They're probably going to be an NIT team, especially in the Big 12, which is a baton death march of a basketball conference. But they are trending better, and they're getting better. They are. I mean, they are. They're showing signs of life. It's just going to be tough in this conference, and I don't expect them to put up uh, much of a fight versus Kansas. But if they can find a way to close, I mean, they stayed in that game uh, with West Virginia. Uh, they, you know, they, they, you know, so they've shown some signs of life, but they, they don't have enough talent yet to close, so at least to fulfill the vision of what Shaka Smart wants to do yet. They don't have, like I said, there's not one thing they do well. They, they don't have an identity. And I would say an identity is something you do as well, if not better, than everybody else. And they don't have that yet. They don't shoot necessarily that well. They don't have a great point guard, which you need in the Big 12. They, they don't rebound well. They don't defend necessarily that well. So they got to find their identity. That's something they don't really have right now. All right, next week we'll go behind the burn orange curtain more. When we come back, I want to have Freaky Tales. We'll also review our picks for the AFC and NFC title games, and I'll tell you exactly why I made those picks and what you need to watch for in the conference championship games coming up and we'll also try our best to do a little mini review of the two best basketball games in the nba up until this point Cavs hosting the spurs tomorrow and rockets hosting the warriors tonight all that more when we return freak flag feel good fake it till you make it football friday edition of your sports buffet freaky tales coming up next these are the tales the freaky tales these are the tales that i tell so well Welcome back to the Sports Buffet, and yes, Freaky Tales, ladies and gentlemen, and we've got plenty of them. 
All right. I guess we should start with the freaky tales that most relate to the inauguration. Happy inauguration day to everybody out there. So here are the freaky tales that at least relate to the inauguration that we could find. Bob Knight, you know Bobby Knight, Bob Knight, who is the legendary college basketball coach. He's a big Trump fan. All right, huge Trump fan, and he was at the festivities uh, at the inauguration yesterday, and he told the media that he believes that uh, Donald Trump would have been a great defensive basketball player. He said, quote, he sure as hell could play defense, and he'd be able to win because of what a great defensive player he would have been. All right, guys, you agree with Bobby Knight that Donald Trump would have been a great defensive basketball player? Something tells me that Donald Trump's game would be would mirror like Draymond Green's game. He'd be, he'd be kicking a lot of people into gonads and junk. He'd be making uh, junk shots great again. <laughs> that is true. He would be doing that. Uh, here's another uh, story related to the president. Uh, Donald Trump apparently now has a... There's a moth now that has been named after Donald Trump. Apparently, the moth has a golden head that looks a lot like Donald Trump's golden hair. And the neopalpa Donald Trumpy, which is the, uh, the, the scientific name wow. for the moth, yes, has been named in honor of the president, Donald Trump. There you go. So he's got a moth named after him. That's pretty cool. He's already the leader of the free world. I don't think he needs the moth named after him. Remember the monkey, the primate that was named after Luke Skywalker recently? Because those scientists were uh, Star Wars fans? Not bad. All right, now, here's a story that Mike found also related to the election, also related to our President Donald Trump. There is a Tampa Bay radio station that is changing its name and format, at least for the time being, to 98.7 Donald FM. Yes, to uh, celebrate Donald Trump and also their slogan, Make radio great again. <laughs> in fact, this is two stations. There's one in um, Greenville, South Carolina, that's making the same switch. There you go. That the, the, the Donald Trump uh, uh, phenomenon is taking the over. Trump train. The Trump train. The Trump train. He's yep. giving radio back to the people. Get make yes. radio great again. The buffet's been trying to do it and failing miserably. So I hope <laughs> they can do it. Uh, El Chapo was extradited to the U.S., gentlemen. Oh, uh, the, good. The, the notorious uh, Mexican drug lord. Uh, who, uh, you know, uh, escaped prisons, uh, as I think, more than one time on multiple occasions. Yes. He has been extradited to the U.S. or will be extradited, extradited to the U.S. to face charges. A lot of people think, Chris, this is, this is uh, Donald Trump. Because remember, El Chapo and Donald Trump had a little feud going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Little, yeah, and apparently people think that Donald Trump might be doing this to uh, kind of so, uh, as a show of his power. Bring yeah, and, I, and I had heard, you know, like it, six months ago, you know, El Chapo has a lot of friends on the outside oh, yeah. who yeah. do his bidding. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I had heard that, you know, El Chapo was going to like put together a hit team to go after Trump because Trump said negative things about him. So, yeah. It, and as you mentioned, Rod, he yes. notoriously escapes from prisons. It'd be interesting if he can escape from an American uh, maximum security prison. Oh, yeah. That hadn't been done a lot. No. Yeah. They didn't say great. where they took. They didn't say where they were putting him, did they? No, I think I, actually, I think you're right, Chris. Maybe they won't do it because he has so many friends on the outside. Yeah, he, yeah. he'll be in one of those special uh, federal like uh, compounds. Really, I don't even know if you can call it a prison. What they're going to put him in? Uh, okay, uh, something else having to do with the election. Everything has to do with the inauguration today. So, is another story. 
Uh, there are five thousand. We talked about this on our Freaky Tales maybe a couple of weeks ago, guys. There was a 420 celebration at the inauguration. They called it Trump 420. Yes. And mm. there was a group, a pro-marijuana group, you that was giving away joints for everyone at the inauguration to light up. They gave away 5,000 5, free joints. And at <laughs> and four minutes and yes. 20 seconds into Donald Trump's speech, they all lit up, apparently. Yep. Wow. And smoked out the inauguration so it did happen the uh trump 420 actually did happen so there you go there were some people that were really enjoying that inauguration they were enjoying it more than others you put your weed in Uh, (laughs) and apparently some uh people who at the inauguration saw a similarity between donald trump's speech and a speech that was given in the dark night by Mm. bane uh uh, really yeah so listen to this audio. Here's the audio from today uh, during a Trump speech here. And giving it back to you, the people. You, the people, right? That's, good. That's a good line. Okay, so like uh, let, let's listen to what Bain said. And we give it back to you, the people. <laughs> I can't tell which Trump one's more sounds evil. creepier. Which one sounds creepier? Trump. Trump's stuff. And I'm a Trump giving voter. it back to you, the people. <laughs> Can I hear Bane one more time? And we give it back to you, the people. Great. <laughs> right. Oh, all right. We don't get political so, on this show. We just um, but, we, but Rod, make, you, we make observations. But Rod, you said they were giving away free joints at the inauguration. Yeah. Why are, are you still but, here, Sam? 500 free joints? 5,000, Sam. 5,000. 5,000. Do you realize how much a joint on average, even in a legal state, costs? <laughs> I do not. What does it cost? About $10. Oh, man. That's a lot of cash. So that's $500,000 given away at the Trump inauguration. Hey, wow. He's making America great again. Wow. I feel like it's great. You know that marijuana <laughs> is the fastest growing industry in America. I yes. think it. I think it's better than pain pills, man. And I, for, I agree. for those NFL players that that go through it, I mean, even Steve Kerr went went uh, and said, "Hey, I would prefer to do that." And given the the high addiction rate of opioids and opiates, yeah, uh, I, I would rather have my football players and MMA fighters smoking weed than taking pain pills. I've had yeah. NFL yeah. head coaches tell me the same exact thing. Yep. And- well, actually, I'd rather have them eat it. <laughs> Get brownies. The brownies. Ricky Williams actually the, is, the a, gummy bears. is a huge uh, uh, advocate for like cannabinoids, which are basically uh, they give you all the healing yeah. aspects of uh, marijuana without the without the THC. Where you get well, your really, your really brain high. your yeah. brain actually has receptors that are designed to accept those. So if that doesn't tell you something, yeah, right, that, that, that should tell you that we're meant to be taking it. Hey, man, don't, preach, preach up. It's from yeah. the earth. <laughs> God willing, here for me and for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. How about this one? You guys know who Betsy DeVos is? The um, who is? She's a new cabinet uh, yeah, secretary of education. Of, secretary of education. She's yes. per, she's going to protect us from the animals. Now, this is a great. This is pretty good. So she was asked about guns in schools. We don't take political opinions on this show. We don't no. make them really, but we make observations. This was pretty funny. Here's what she was asked about: uh, guns in schools. Well, I, I will refer back to uh, Senator Enzi. And I like the, the music. school that he was talking about in Wapiti, Wyoming, I think probably there, I, I would imagine that there's probably a gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. 
<laughs> that was pretty good. That was her line. That was that was legit. She during her vetting process. That's a legit line that she threw out. Wow. Uh, how about this, guys? You guys know the American Crime Story series on FX? Yes. Apparently, they are going to do a American Crime Story series on the Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal from 1998. That is happening. Yes. Oh, great. Beautiful thing. I know. Blue I love dress. It. <laughs> Where is that dress? Here's the last freaky tale. Do you guys know that Putin, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, mm-hmm. once stole a Super Bowl ring from Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner? Wow. No. True story. Really? Yes. He, re- he let Putin try it on, and Putin never gave it back. True story. Dostoevsky, Amerikansky. Hey, Donald Trump, go get Robert Kraft's ring back. You love the Patriots and Tom Brady so much. All right, I want to thank Mike. Did a great job. I want to thank Sam. I want to thank Chris. All you guys were awesome. You guys have a great weekend. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on your Sports Buffet. We love you guys. Peace.